as we go. Um, uh, the, uh, again, I just want to keep making it clear, you know, this is sort of, I've never tried this before, something like this. It's going to be a little more cognitive. It, it's not expository preaching for a few weeks, but it's absolutely biblically sound, and I believe it is spirit-led for us to be talking through all this stuff. So, um, uh, talking about this whole idea of what our relationship with God looks like. And again, I look around in the room today, and I know there's a lot of you are like, well, I've been, a, I've been a believer. I've been coming to this church for 40, 50 years, and you want to talk to me about my relationship with God? <laughs> yes, I do. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, let's start with some of this basic stuff. Here's what I'm going to suggest is the premise. God is relational. Now, this shouldn't be uh, a shock to anybody. God is relational. But this, what Sky Jathani, and I'm going to keep trying to just say his last name. I feel like he's my friend now, but he's not. I've never met him. But um, uh, we need to remind ourselves of this premise in this discussion. God is relational. That might be the first thing he is. Well, he's all-powerful, all-knowing, all these things. But he's relational. And if we look all the way back at the beginning, uh, what does Genesis look like and talk about in those early chapters? We could debate and discuss why God even felt like creating. Our premise today suggests that God created because he was interested in relationship. He created all these other critters and whatever, all these plants and planets and whatever. But then man, human beings were different. And so in Genesis 1, chapter 26, uh, Genesis 1, verse 26, God says... Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish, birds, and all that. So let us. So there's a couple of things. And this is going to be the skinny version of a longer, a longer study, if any of you ever wanted to just explore it on your own. First of all, this absolutely unexplainable to anybody's satisfaction idea that God is somehow Trinitarian. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. From the beginning, because we see in that verse, let us make man in our image. And that suggests then that God is actually relational with himself. It's a concept that is kind of hard to really grab onto, and I'm not suggesting I'm going to be able to fix that. But we see a relational God from the beginning, that somehow the ways we can't necessarily explain, God even himself was unified and, and, and in perfect relationship as God. And he said, I'm going to make man in, my, in, in our image, in my image, in our image, uh, so that they can... And the whole idea in early Genesis before the fall, what we sort of have this picture is Adam and Eve and God hanging out, you know? Uh, that's not really chapter and verse exactly, but that's the vibe we get, right? That God said, this is very good, and I'm going to hang out. This is what I wanted. Uh, I'm, I've created now especially these humans to have relationship with. I want to share with them. I want to be a part of them. I want them to be a part of me. That's the vibe we get from Genesis. And this is reiterated in a lot of ways in uh, John chapter 1. What does John say in the beginning of his gospel? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Look, this is high-wire stuff. This is mind-blowing stuff, if you let it be, but it's the idea, again, that, that simply underlines the premise that God is relational. He had perfect unity with himself. It was an incredible kind of communion, and he wants to share that with people. 
we really see uh, sort of the pinnacle of this, or the, no, actually the climax, the end result, all the way in, so we start at the beginning, and we see at the end of the Bible, in Revelation 21, what does John's vision, what do we see? Then I saw a new, this is Revelation 21, 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, the first heaven and the first earth, they'd passed away, and there was no longer any sea, I have no idea exactly what, so I don't know right now, but that's not, so I don't know why the sea goes away, anyway, uh, I saw, the, well, I have some ideas, but never mind. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for, a hu for her husband. Verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. So I, I can't make it any clearer that this has to be one of the most important, perhaps the most important thing about God, besides all powerful, all created, da, 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 da. He is relational. He wants to have relationship with us. And I would, uh, it's remarkable because the God of the universe who has perfect communion with himself and relationship with himself is inviting us into relationship with him. He's inviting us to have relationship with him. And, and he wants it. There was a song, I can't think of who sings it right now. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. That's big stuff. God doesn't need us, but he wants to have relationship with us. And that is the premise of this whole idea that we're talking about today. And I should add, uh, it's, it's personal, God is interested and, and uh, cares about us. He's interested, and more than ever, we have to understand that, we, that he is a loving God more than we can probably fathom. So the premise that God is relational, and so our question is, how are we relating to God personally? How am I relating to God personally? Now, we know that the fall, so we talked about early Genesis, and then right, didn't take long, and unfortunately, the fall messed this all up, right? God said, I want you to be with me. And we said, we want to be you instead. And so God did not slam the door on us and say, that's it. You guys stink. I'm, I'm done with you. What did he do? He sent Jesus. And everybody said, yeah. He sent Jesus and said, you guys are punks. You disobey me all the time. You want your own way. You think you can be me. And I still want to have relationship with you. That's ridiculous. He said, look, uh, this is going to be hard for all of us. I'm going to I'm gonna have to become one of you. I'm going to have to send my son and die on a cross and take all your stupid evil and sin. God wants to have relationship with us. So that premise has to be first. But then there's this assumption from Jatani's book and what we're talking about. The, the assumption is that we have, I'll say often or a lot, or maybe not all the time, but we have embraced ways of relating to God that ultimately cannot satisfy. Read that carefully. We, as his we're his people. We're his follow we're followers of Jesus. We're, we're in, you know, in theory. But we, even we, have embraced ways of relating to God that ultimately cannot satisfy. Like he said in the video, 
we hear about the Christian message and we hear about what it means to trust and follow Jesus. And we're hoping then that we will, you know, come to faith and we expect, you know, love, joy, peace, all these things, and freedom. He talked about that in the video. We expect all that, but we're not really finding it. And, and now a lot of you are like, well, I'm fine. Okay, hang on. <laughs> but we know in our world, we, we live in this era, the contemporary era where we've seen people turn their back on their faith. This whole idea of, um, I've lost the term now, deconstructing. That's, it, fortunately, that has waned a little bit. You're not hearing quite so many people talking about how they found a better way than following Jesus kind of thing or, or a better way to follow Jesus that is not good, you know. So, but we're seeing disillusionment. We're seeing disenfranchised with, uh, you know, what my thought, my faith, my relationship with God would be. I, I'm, I'm really not, it's not right, and I'm losing it. I'm, we're even leaving the faith. And um, he says in his book, we're offered a substitute form of Christianity, one that can't break through the shadows and that never really satisfies the deepest longing of our souls. See, part of the premise and the assumption mixed into both of those is that really what we desperately want is to have relationship with God. But we get it messed up. And we start to embrace ways that ultimately cannot satisfy our deepest longing. He goes on to say, Unfortunately, a great many people have settled for a darker existence, one under a shadow in which they relate to God in a way that leaves them discontent. And read, I'm going to be using the book, so I'm going to, I'll try to be as clearly communicating as I can. So let me read that again. He says, Unfortunately, in this whole idea of embracing the wrong kind of relationship, disillusionment, disappointment, unfortunately, a great many people have settled, have settled for a darker existence, one under a shadow in which they relate to God in a way that leaves them discontent. Now, I would be surprised if everybody, if anyone, not everyone, if anyone in this room would say, I've never felt that way. I would be surprised. And if you are that person, wow, good for you. I'm that person, and you guys hired me to be your pastor. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, you know, this is the human experience, and that's what he talks about then. So the premise, God is relational, wants to have a relationship with us. Ultimately, we want to have that too, personal, meaningful, loving, deep, whatever, and we embrace things that really can't satisfy. We screw it up, and we struggle. And so then, Jatani gives us some of the reasons for that, because there's a couple of big problems, and those problems are fear and control. He uses that illustration of the mountain, ha has Everybody's heard that from somebody, right? You have a, you have a Jewish friend or a, a whatever, uh, whatever religion friend, and they say, well, all the paths lead to the top. Has everybody heard some of that in their life? Uh, I've, heard of, I've heard it. Oh, it's fine. We can, you know, we're all headed to the same place. And they're like, well, no, we're really not. And so I like his idea that you turn the mountain upside down because really where the commonality is is at the beginning that, uh, you know, we're all living in this world that is chaotic. In our, in our view, it's sinful, fallen, and broken. And, and uh, that's where we come from in our human experience. 
And so then we want to try to mitigate that and manage it because that world is scary. It's a world that's out of control and chaotic and how then can I take control of it and take control of my fear? Um, it's interesting that we sang, I wrote this down as we were singing. We sang, fear you lost your hold on me in one of the worship songs this morning. So we know that that is a huge thing. And even if you're, well, wait, I, I don't know. What I, uh, my challenge throughout these next few weeks as you're doing this is to really look inward and, and to say, well, maybe there's some things that really Kurt and this guy, Jatani guy, are talking about that really is kind of, I have messed with that stuff. Maybe I am living in fear and maybe I am trying to control it. Now, let, let, let me just a uh, halfway personal moment here for a minute. You've heard me say it a lot. I'm, I'm relatively self-aware. I don't think anybody's totally, but I'm relatively. And I'll say things like, well, you know, I'm a control freak. I need to quit saying that. But that's why this book has resonated with me. Because when you start to see that, yeah, I apparently have a lot of fears and I'm interested in control, and the fact is, you just can't. But all of these ways that we try to do that, he says, he said it in the video, all human religion is just a system of control predicated on fear. I agree. I totally agree. Now, I want to say this again at points throughout this whole deal. If they're, uh, I don't think, I don't, uh, that's fine, but I think it's a great discussion. I'm going to read that again just so we understand where we're beginning this whole thing at. at. All human religion is just a system of control predicated on fear. Now, let me say this early, even though it's the whole point of all, all these weeks ahead. Uh, uh, we, all human religion is that. That it is a system of control predicated on fear. Ultimately, when we get it right, we would say, we're not preaching a religion. What are we preaching? A relationship. <laughs> yeah. So, um, again, now, uh, I'm hoping that this starts to resonate with some of us. If, you can, if you've ever said, my relationship with God isn't quite what I want it to be. I am a little discouraged, a little disappointed. Why don't I have more of this, uh, whatever I was after, peace, love, joy, peace, uh, freedom, fulfillment, whatever that looks like, right? And so uh, he's going to talk about, and these were hugely, hugely helpful to me. He's going to talk about what he calls postures. And so all we're going to do is break the ice with them because the next weeks we'll be talking about them. And he suggests the postures are living a life that is under God, living a life that is over God, living a life from God, and living a life for God. And ultimately, then, we are interested in what it looks like to really live a life with God. Now, look, <laughs> I want to make this abundantly clear as we get started on this. This, I, I maybe said it already, can't even remember where all I went a second ago, but this is high wire stuff. What do you mean? I mean, this is not basic, this is, this is getting to the heart of the matter and where rudimentary, hey, trust in Jesus, whatever that looks like. This is getting up there. This is high wire stuff. I don't know if we're all ready for it or not. Reading the book moved me. And again, I'll tell you, it, it changed my life in a lot of ways. So 
I don't want you to get lost today with what all those postures are. And if you've been reading the book, you can snicker and say, I have a good idea because I've been reading the book. And if you haven't grabbed a copy, I want to keep encouraging you to do that. Because I believe that when we really start to look at ourselves, and what we're going to see over the next few weeks is how some of these postures, Jathani is actually right on it. And that they've affected... Now, I want to say this early too, and I'll probably say it each week when we talk about the different postures. Am I suggesting that all of these things are bad and unbiblical? No, and he makes that clear in the book. That's why, there's, that's why it's so tricky. Because we start to embrace partial truths and have partial relationship, and it's not the full, full-fledged being with God that it could be. And so, uh, look, uh, the comments I've already had for people reading the book, everybody's going to struggle with the one living for God. What do you mean? We're not supposed to live for God? No, no. <laughs> but that becomes the only thing. We don't live under, you know, under God. No, no, not many. So you'll understand better when we get to each of those, okay? So I'm, I'm hoping that you'll start grinding on some of these. I'm hoping you'll start pray through this. Look, I, I, I'm not suggesting that I, I don't want to throw anybody into crisis. That would be bad form. Oh, I hadn't thought about this. I guess I do have a bad... No, I'm not trying to do that at all. But if you're saying, I, could, I, I wish my relationship with God was better, different, what it should be then I think this book is for us today, for a few weeks, okay? So my, my challenge today is, if, you know, if there are some of you out there to say, my God relationship's pretty good, then I just would say, well, keep coming back, and maybe we can still enjoy worship together, and, you know. But if you've ever had a struggle, I think this book will be helpful. And if you find yourself being unsatisfied, discontent, this might point you in the right direction. Because by the end of the book, he talks really, and again, we'll talk through this all as we go, about what it might look like to have a relationship to live with God. So I'm excited. I hope uh, that whets your appetite a little bit. And I will, I will not do it justice uh, if you just say, well, I, if Kurt's going to talk about it, I don't need to read the book. That's, uh, that's true-ish. Not really true, but I mean, that would be one approach. But if you read the book and come on Sundays and even go to a group that talks about it, I believe God might be interested in changing your life a little bit. I really do. Let's pray. God, we are, first of all, in awe of you as the almighty creator, the God of the universe that is interested in having a relationship with us. We are just we are floored by that and it is a reminder that you deserve the term awesome when we describe you god i pray that as we as we look together at these other postures as we really pray through and contemplate what it looks like to be in relationship with you god that you would stir in our hearts that you would pour out your spirit on us and we would see you a little bit clearer as we talk through this god i'm so thankful for uh, people like Sky Jathani, that you would have used them to minister among your people here and in the world. I pray, God, that you would use this work to minister among us today. I'm so thankful for our church. I pray that you would be with all of us as we look to this and see what it means for each of us. God, I'm so thankful for the way you have blessed us. 
I pray that you would t use the offerings and the gifts and tithes that are given today. I pray that you would bless them, use them to build your church, to expand your kingdom. And God, I pray that uh, you would be with us even as we part company today. God, we love you. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. So, uh, just a reminder, there's going to be a quick nursery meeting. You should run up to the mez if you're a parent or a, a, a volunteer. And uh, groups will start at 11. We have a good time for coffee and fellowship now, so uh, enjoy that. And otherwise, remember the receptacles for cards and offerings on the way out. Otherwise, peace. Peace.